Hello and welcome to Kaplan's NCLEX PrepCast, brought to you by KaplanNursing.com, which offers prep courses and resources for both the NCLEX RN and NCLEX PN examinations. In today's episode, we're going to take a step beyond the NCLEX, and assuming that you passed, which I know many of you listening have passed the exam already, we're going to talk about your first year in nursing school, which can be, oh, sorry, your first year in nursing practice, which can be a challenge in and of itself. Uh, once you pass the NCLEX, you think those challenges are over, but then you, you're hit with that reality of your first real nursing job. And we have a, a wonderful guest on the show with us who has been on the podcast a few times by now, who is Meredith McKenzie. For those of you who uh, have not listened to previous episodes or may not know who she is, she is an NCLEX instructor for Kaplan uh, for the last uh, over six years and has been in the nursing field for uh, over 10 years at this point. So uh, hello and welcome back to Meredith. Thanks so much, Matt. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for coming back on the show. How's everything been with you since our last uh, podcast discussion? Fantastic. Enjoying this uh, beautiful weather. <laughs> Don't lie. It's been cold. <laughs> yeah, cold and snowy. Well, good. We're, we need spring. Um, yeah, well, like I said, I'm, I'm glad to have you back on the show. And I know that you have uh, you know, now about a, more than a decade of experience in the nursing mm -hmm. field, but are not so far out that you wouldn't remember those first, uh, the first year or two in nursing practice. So I knew you'd be the perfect person to bring back onto the show. Um, before we just uh, jump into some of the questions that I have for you, I was wondering if you could tell the listeners at home a little bit about your experience as a nurse that first year where you worked and what the experience, what you did and what that experience was uh, like for you. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think it's interesting. I think everybody, um, you know, in nursing, I think everyone remembers their first job. I think you remember your first year very well. When I think back to my first year, I have to say it was really, it was really challenging. It was probably the most challenging years I've had professionally. And I think that that was a combination of it being the first year and, and facing some of the challenges that the new grads traditionally face. Um, when I started out on the floor I was working on, uh, you know, our, the hospital I worked at at the time, we still did the, the three shifts, seven to three, three to 11, 11 to three. And I would work all three of those shifts and sometimes work all three of those shifts in the same week. Wow. And so trying to, that was something that my, you know, in nursing school you have, you know, sort of usually six hour clinicals, yeah. Maybe you've had like a leadership course where you got to, you know, maybe do a 12 hour clinical, but you, I had never done nights uh, sort of prior to starting my first job. And I also had not had that experience of trying to switch between three different shifts. And so, and of course, coming out of college, I have to admit, I did not have the best sleep habits in college. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, adapting to sort of the professional role was a, cha was a challenge. So I faced some of the traditional challenges I think, you know, my first year in nursing, there were a lot of things I just, I didn't think about. I, when I started on, I was one of the only, only one of only two BSN prepared nurses on the floor. And the charge nurse on the unit um, went out on maternity leave about three months in. And so I actually became charge nurse. Um, by by the time I, I remember at this point, I started on temporary practice permit. And then I passed my NCLEX after I'd started working. So that first year of nursing was just really uh, a blur, learning to be a nurse, be a independent, which was a challenge, I think, for me. Um, learning to then be a charge nurse, learning how to delegate. 
uh, floating to other floors and just learning how to deal with, with change. Um, and then of course, all the things that, you know, come the holidays were a tough time. I, I'd never had to work Christmas before and, and being away from the family was a, it was a challenging thing. And so I think of all things that new grads from college generally face, um, how to be a professional, um, how to interact with your boss appropriately, um, learning to deal with the fact that a lot of your friends have moved away. You're trying to figure out your new social life as an adult, right. how to be an adult and, and cook for yourself. Um, all of those things with a lot of sort of professional challenges that come with a nursing role. Yeah, I think that a lot of, I mean, many of those things overlap with just about any profession. Once you get out of college, you have, uh, like you said, those perhaps poor sleeping habits. You are likely now having to, if you haven't already, uh, operate as a as a full adult. Yes. <laughs> um, so and and you, uh, you you develop more, you bring on some more responsibilities. So that's a lot to to take charge of. So and one of the things you did mention as an overall overall theme is this idea that transitioning from nursing school to a full time nursing role for work can of course, be challenging. And you mentioned a few of those challenges. Would you say that those are common challenges for nurses? Is there anything that we're missing? What are some of those uh, over, overall challenges that some of those new nursing graduates face when they move into their first full-time role? I definitely think adjusting to just different working hours is something that maybe is a little bit more unique to nursing because when we think about our nursing today, it's pretty common for most nurses to do, at this point, oftentimes 12-hour shifts. Um, and many new graduates, because they are sort of lowest man on the totem pole, are gonna be starting on night shift, or are going to do sort of swing shift, where they're doing um, two weeks, they'll be on day shift, seven to seven, and then two weeks, they'll be on night shift, seven P to seven A. And, and any sort of combination of the, you know, sort of just differences. And I think sort of that aspect is probably a little bit unique to some of the challenges that new graduates. It's actually, I try to poll my recent graduates, uh, nursing students who have graduated been out in their first year, and I ask them about what do you think we could have done better to prepare you in nursing school? What do you think was, you know, one of the biggest surprises to you when you graduated? And the first thing that all my new grads say to me is, you did not prepare me for night shift. <laughs> or, you know, you should not be preparing for a 12-hour shift, which I think, you know, you know, is true. A number of my new grads did never do a 12-hour shift, and that is, a, it is an endurance um, contest. Um, and, you know, so I think that's one major challenge. I think another major challenge that new grads face is that while they're in nursing school, and this is partly for legal liability issues, you know, we're constantly telling them things like, you know, don't do anything about your instructor, don't do anything about the nurse, and you always have people there to support you. And I think as a new grad, there's a really rapid transition to independent practice, and especially in the specialty settings, where, you know, if you go into OB, you might have done six weeks of clinicals in an OB setting in, in college, and now this is your full-time job, and you're going to be doing it independently. Uh, not, I mean, there are obviously preceptors and their support, but the idea is the rapid um, transition to independent practice. And I think that it's scary. Um, it, I think sometimes, as in all careers, people can feel a little bit of the imposter syndrome. 
Um, and I think that's, that's very true in nursing uh, when you feel like the stakes are so much higher. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, finally, I think one of the challenges I know for me, and I think this is true for all my new grads, is that for the first time, you're really thinking about those, how, what in <laughs> NCLEX world we were talking about is management of care concepts, having multiple patients. How do I actually manage four to five to six patients? Um, how do I delegate to my nursing assistant? Um, and how do I call my physician or my healthcare provider and, and have a good conversation? Um, because those things are things that a lot of times you don't get a lot of chance to practice in nursing school. Yeah, those make sense. You have all those challenges to look forward to. <laughs> Not to <overcome. laughs> yes. When you uh, enter that new nursing world, uh, that new ner- the new world of working as a full-time nurse. So let's move from discussing what those challenges are to now how we overcome some of those challenges. And the first thing that you mentioned right off the bat, which I think is something that a lot of people will probably want to know how to overcome, as you said, mm-hmm. those long marathon 12-hour shifts that you might not be used to or perhaps working overnight, which as you also said, you might not be used to. What are some of the ways that new nursing graduates can adapt to those 12-hour shifts and those overnight shifts? Yeah. One thing I will say, and I you know, will be honest about the fact that I do not think I did a good job of this my first year. I will tell you my first year involved a lot of Diet Mountain Dew and a lot of coffee, and I <laughs> would probably not recommend that. So don't don't do that. Um, one of the things that I think was really important for me was to learn to prioritize sleep and um, to really recognize that I needed to get a decent quantity and quality of sleep in order to actually function well um, as a nurse. Um, really, I, you know, as a nurse, have really looked at the literature a lot on sort of sleep hygiene, how to get to sleep, how to adjust between daytime and nighttime, because it's been so important to me. And so really thinking about coming home from night shift and trying to get to sleep in the day, telling myself, you know, to put the devices away, turn the TV off, focus on, you know, sort of giving myself some time to read, to calm down a little bit, and then get right to sleep. But really sort of saying sleep comes first before everything else. And I think also learning to do really good self-care. I think one of the challenges for nurses is that there is this um, sort of idea of the nurse as a superhero. And while um, I would agree that, you know, nurses do a lot of heroic things on a day-to-day basis, you have to recognize that um, you need to care for yourself first. And so that means making certain that you are drinking lots and lots and lots of water in addition to that coffee, because if you only drink coffee, um, as I've had this happen with many nursing students and new graduates, if you only drink coffee, what happens is you vasovagal and end up on my floor. Um, So drink lots of water, get an exercise routine in, as tough as that is the first year of nursing, as much as you want to let it go because you're so exhausted, keep up the exercise routine. Um, Think about how to debrief what really works for you after a stressful day on the floor. Um, whether that's meditation, whether that's um, going and exercising, whether that's uh, you know sitting down and reading something that's comforting and relaxing, whether it's a bubble bath, um, whatever it is, or find what helps you de-stress. And then really important, and I think I can't stress this enough to new graduates, you need to prepare your family, your friends, and your significant other 
for what life after nursing school is going to look like. Because um, I think for a lot of uh, nursing students, nursing school has been a little bit rough, and a lot of times they've had to repair their family and friends and significant other to make a lot of sacrifices. But it is important, although you are going to get your life back to a certain extent post-college, um, you also need to prepare them for what your life is going to look like um, and what that is going to entail on the part of your family, friends, and significant other. Because the more they're prepared for that and the more you are explicit in what you need from them, the better things are going to go. Yeah, and I'm starting to see, uh, it's interesting the things that you mentioned between staying hydrated, having enough sleep at night, exercising, meditating, those things translate into a lot of other topics that we've discussed between testing anxiety and uh, studying through nursing school, succeeding in nursing school, and uh, as you're preparing for the NCLEX, makes sense that it translates here as well. And since you brought up the idea of family obligations and family expectations, you had mentioned previously that you had to get used to working holiday schedules and working on holidays where you didn't necessarily have to do that before in nursing school, you're typically on a break. So you tip, you have, you have the holidays, not only to take a break from, uh, from, from, uh, from school during the holidays, but also you have the chance to relax and spend time with family, but that's not necessarily the case your first year in nursing school. So how, I mean, are, should, new nurses expect to be working every holiday all day what are sort of the expectations there and then how can those new nursing graduates uh balance family life during the holidays and work obligations yes so when you think about working holidays and this is going to be a little bit different um depending every i would say healthcare organization probably has their own Rules, but sort of what's pretty typical. Um, what I've, you know, when I was working at a number of different places, um, and also sort of hearing from a number of new grads, usually when it comes to holidays, um, you can expect that you're probably going to be working about two to three major holidays, and so major holidays are things like Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, um, and then usually two to three, you know, what we call minor holidays: so Memorial Day, Labor Day, Fourth of July. Those holidays that. Um, a lot of times are important to us in terms of festivities and family um, occasions. We're used to having three-day weekends, um, but maybe are not um, sort of not considered as you know sort of major. Yeah. So, and usually, um, what they will do is usually you're sort of on one schedule from year to year. So, for instance, this year, let's say you're going to work Christmas and, and Easter, and, and next year you're going to work Thanksgiving and Easter, or you know sort of vice versa to kind of give people a little bit of a break. Again, remember your first year out of nursing school, you are kind of the lowest man on the totem pole. So a lot of times you don't have a lot of options in terms of what holiday you're going to um, work. When there is sometimes a little bit of wiggle room, um, one of the things I always did as a new graduate is I learned that if you work the night before a holiday, it can it count as your holiday. And so I volunteered to work every night before holiday. Um, number one, you got shift differential, which was super positive. And um, number two, it meant that even though I was exhausted, I would basically come home and still have the holiday um, with my family. But um, that, you know, whether you have the option, it's going to vary a little bit. I always say to new graduates, you know, think again, sort of plan ahead, sort of think about this, think about how you want to deal with this. 
And I think, you know, if you have to work, usually if you're working Christmas, they'll give you like Christmas Eve off. So think about, okay, so if we can't do Christmas, can we potentially move Christmas to Christmas Eve? Could we gather for the family party? Could we open gifts? Um, or now, of course, this kind of depends whether you have small kids or not involved, but could we push Christmas later? So could the rest of the family sort of sleep in and, and wait until you come off um, shift to sort of do Christmas or in the afternoon, evening after you get home from shift? Um, but really sort of think intentionally about how you can participate in holiday events uh, and or how can you make new traditions um, that will revolve? Because this is something, uh, you know, you're going to deal with for the majority of your nursing career, I would say. You know, this is still something that I think about in terms of like weekends and holidays. Um, and I think your first year is going to be tough. So, you know, just to know that, but know that as you sort of establish new routines, um, new rituals, it does um, get easier. And of course, think about how you're gonna celebrate with your coworkers as well. Um, generally speaking, you know, you, you really don't know, again, as with any shift, you don't know what holidays are gonna look like, unless you're working in the emergency room, in which case you do know what holidays are gonna look like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, having done that, I'm like, yeah, so you kind of like check off, you know exactly when the influx is gonna happen. Um, but I think, you know, as much as possible, trying to, your coworkers for better or worse are gonna become your new family. Uh, that kind of is, is the way of it in nursing. And so thinking about how you can mix in a little merriment um, on holidays with, the, with the, the new family. Yeah, that's interesting that you do have this sort of new family. Um, one of the questions that I had, which that might answer that question, but maybe not. Did you, maybe in the beginning, did you ever get lonely, especially with working 12-hour shifts or overnight shifts and not necessarily seeing your family as much? Did you find that you had uh, a sense of loneliness your first year? I did. I think I, I was I think I was taken a little bit of a surprise because I guess I had in this in the back of my head that, you know, I was working for four years and I kind of felt like I had no life for those four years. So I was always studying and I'm always preparing for clinicals or, you know, preparing for tests. And I really thought, oh, you know, my first year I'll have all this extra time and I'll spend a lot of time with people. And then I found it very difficult because usually when I was free, other people were not necessarily free. And, you know, with working a number of weekends and holidays, it didn't necessarily give me time. What I found, though, is I really found, I recognized I needed to actually be intentional and sort of think about other ways for me to plan to be engaged. Mm -hmm. So Friday night partying was not going to be an option. And I actually shifted to doing a lot of, because I was working a lot of night shifts at the time, I adapted to doing a lot of early morning coffee sessions. I would off at seven, and my friends oftentimes would be on their way to work, and we mm -hmm. could stop at Starbucks, um, have a cup of coffee together, catch up for 30 minutes, and then I could go home to sleep, um, and they could, you know, go on their way to work. Interesting. Um, so just thinking at different ways, but being really intentional, because I We'll say the first year after college is hard. A lot of your friends are moving away or, or they're doing different things. And it is important to just really plan to make time to see people and see non-nursing people. Your nursing family is your new family, but you need to still see some non-nursing people just so that you remember what is sort of socially appropriate outside of nursing. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. And it's a great practice too to, like you said, uh, maybe join a friend at Starbucks uh, or at a coffee shop before their shift begins, their typical day shift, and uh, after you close out the day. Although, like you said, you might not want to get uh, coffee before you go to sleep. <laughs> something else from there. 
Um, shifting gears slightly from scheduling, there is, uh, I think there is a little bit of an elephant in the room whenever you're talking about the first year in nursing, because there's a yeah. term that's thrown around a lot, which is that uh, nurses eat their young. And I don't know if that's mm-hmm. something that necessarily is still as prevalent. Uh, it's um, not a fun topic to talk about, mm-hmm. but and, and you know, hopefully anyone who's listening will never experience this, has never experienced this. And again, I think it's something that has been combated quite a bit. But what is the, um, you know, there's always a little bit of a risk. So how can mm-hmm. first year nurses sort of, uh, you know, combat that possibility and make those positive connections with their peers and especially those veterans who have been there a lot longer than they have? So I wish, I absolutely agree with you, Matt. This is definitely the elephant in the room. And I wish I could say that this never happens, but um, it's unfortunately bullying or we now know sort of horizontal violence oftentimes does occur. Uh, I think it occurs throughout the nursing career, but certainly I think new graduates are really vulnerable because they're trying to make their way on a new floor. And I certainly experienced this from a couple of perspectives as a new graduate to a certain extent myself. And I unfortunately recently just helped a new graduate who really was experiencing quite a bit of bullying on her first, you know, on the floor that she was on um, as a new graduate, which was really disheartening to me. I think what I always say to new grads is that you do have to remember that, well, first of all, I always say to them, bullying is unacceptable. That is not acceptable behavior anywhere, and it's certainly not acceptable in nursing. We're expected to be therapeutic um, to both our patients and our coworkers. So we're expected to engage in a professional way. And as nurses, we are the most respected profession in the United States. And in order to keep the trust of the population, we need to really hold ourselves to a high standard. That being said, you know, I, I am aware from new graduates that some of this they do face um, bullying, whether that's an, you know intentional or, or sort of. I think sometimes it goes by way of sort of like this the floor culture. Yeah. Um, the first thing I always say to them is to, I think it's something to identify early on is to know where your safe um, spaces are. Who can you talk to? Um, is that your preceptor? And hopefully that is. Um, hopefully they're not part of the problem. Is that your manager? Is that the nurse educator on the floor? Is that HR? Um, can you go to prove to a professor? Uh, so can you call someone up and say, hey, can we catch coffee? I really need to talk through a situation. How would you handle that? So, and um, if you if you have, um, you know, if you have stayed in contact with your nursing professors, or if that's an option for you, if there's somebody that you really trusted during your school years, remember that there's still an option. Um, we're happy to hear from our graduates. We're happy to sit down and chat with you. We're there to be a support system. So think about where your safe spaces are. Um, I think it's helpful to address this early. So if you are uncomfortable, instead of sort of brushing it off and saying, well, I'm certain they didn't mean that, or well, I don't know, it can be helpful to actually sit down with somebody and sort of go through the situation and say, what do you think? Yeah. Do you think this was okay? Do you think this is bullying? Um, and I think it is absolutely okay for you to ex- think carefully about how do I want to express my needs? What do I need in the situation? How do I ask for it? And of course, thinking about how do I ask for it objectively? And maybe, you know, go again with that trusted person, that safe space, thinking about how would I say that? 
Um, but do, you know, do address it. Um, do speak up. Do you say that it's unacceptable? Do you get the support that you need? And, you know, this is what I ultimately said to the new Newberry recently council. I said, do you remember that you have options? Um, so in her case, she was able to transfer to another floor and had a much better experience. Um, when I started on my first year, um, there was another new graduate who started on the floor with me and we did experience, I think that the newer, the older nurses sort of had this feeling that, you know, they had a tough time as a new grad and we should have a tough time too, sort of like a way that we need to prove ourselves. Yeah. And she had a very difficult time and she ultimately left and took a, another job that she was much happier um, in. And so I always remind new graduates, remember that you have options. Um, there, are, there are options to get out of a, of a bad situation. Um, there are people who will help you to get out of those bad situations. Um, but what I will also say to new nurses is I think sometimes in the pressure to fit in, sometimes there's a little bit of pressure on new graduates to sort of join clicks or to engage in bullying behavior themselves. And I'll give you an example of this. My first year on the floor, there was another nurse who had been there for a couple of years, and, but she was sort of, I guess, what you might think of as sort of part of the out crowd. And other nurses complained a lot about her. And I sometimes felt that pressure to sort of join in. And I really had to say to myself, that's not who I want to be. And I ended up sitting down with that new nurse and talking about what do you think your biggest challenges are and helping support her in a way that she actually became much more successful and kind of silenced the critics. Um, but it, it's something I always think about that sometimes in that pressure to fit in, it's important that you remember who you want to be. Um, because remember that you're the new nurse initially, but it's going to be a few months uh, you know, maybe a year until you really are one of the quote unquote experienced nurses. So you may well be a preceptor, uh, a charge nurse within your first year. So think about how you want to conduct yourself too. Yeah, those are all great pieces of advice. Uh, a big key there is uh, communication. And yes, like you said, addressing these things early. So and, and going to those who you trust um, is really important. So Again, not a fun topic to talk about, but some really practical tips to use there. So uh, great advice for anybody who's even uh, concerned about that possibly. But again, we, we would hope that that wouldn't even be uh, an issue, but it's something definitely yeah. worth talking about. Um, but sticking on the communication uh, field, the, the one thing that I do want to talk about is um, adapting to delegation and working with assistant yes. personnel. Um, what are your tips for delegation as a new nursing uh, professional? Yes, and here's what I will say. I think the NCLEX, a lot of times people complain about, you know, the NCLEX not being real world, but I think that the NCLEX actually has a lot to teach us um, when it comes to delegation and supervision because I will say I've seen a lot of bad behaviors around delegation having worked in nursing for 10 years, and I um, think it's really important for new graduates especially to sort of get this right. One of the things I, I always say to my new graduates is to make certain that you are specific and objective when you're delegation. Make certain that you are have really clearly communicated what, when, how, to whom you want your CNA to do something for. Um, remember that even though you are delegating it, it is always, at the end of the day, the buck stops with you. So it's always gonna come back to you um, make certain that you are following up to make certain that it got done, that you figure out what the results were. 
Um, and when you think about delegation, also, and I, I think this is something that I, I do get discouraged um, occasionally when I talk to new graduates, because I sometimes get the feeling from new graduates that, uh, I remember one new graduate said something to me, like, I'm so happy I'm now a nurse, and I'm never going to have to take a patient off a bedpan again. The idea being that there would always be a nursing assistant to take the patient off the bedpan. Yeah. And I said, that, that's not true. Um, I'm a nurse. I'm a nurse practitioner. I'm a nurse faculty member. I still take patients off bedpans. Yeah. Um, that is still part of my role. So I always remind new graduates, don't be lazy. Delegate when it's appropriate. Um, think about how could my nursing assistant really play the best role. Uh, so it's not just defaulting back to, well, this is what I, I see everybody else do. This is sort of what the sort of usual habits of the nursing assistant are. Pause and think about what do I want to do? What is important that I observe? And then what could I really appropriately and safely delegate to my nursing assistant? If you have a patient that you're concerned about their skin, do the bed bath yourself um, if you can. Use the opportunity to you know, really get a good view of that skin. Um, but when it is appropriate to delegate, just pause and say, ask yourself, is it safe to delegate this? Have I communicated appropriately? And have I followed up on the delegation? And of course, when you're delegating, you know, treat people like you would want to be treated. So be professional, but um, be therapeutic too. Yeah, all great pieces of advice. And um, let's actually move from delegation to collaboration and yes. talk about working with um, sticking to communication, healthcare providers, um, the, the healthcare provider, the physician, nurse practitioner, other nurses. I know that new grads can sometimes find to be that challenging, uh, to find that to be challenging as well. So yeah. how, what would you recommend in terms of communicating and collaborating with those uh, folks on the team? Yes, I, you know, it's interesting. I had actually never had to call a physician while I was in nursing school clinicals. I remember very vividly the first time I had to call a physician during my first year as a nurse. And of course, I really remember the first time I had to call them in the middle of the night um, because your communication has to be super good when you've just woken somebody up out of a deep sleep. But I think it was one of the things that I was most nervous about. And I'll admit that I have a feeling that if we had recorded my first few conversations, they would have sounded really frazzled. Um, and I think one of the things I've learned and that I really emphasize to new graduates is something I call taking a breath. Um, I say this in a number of different ways. I say to take a breath before you walk into a patient's room to sort of give yourself that moment to organize your thoughts. And the same thing when you're about to really, you know, sort of speak to whether it's a physician, a nurse practitioner, the physical therapist, the occupational therapist, your charge nurse, when you need to present a patient situation, pause and just sort of take a breath to really think about what is it at the heart of it that I really want to get across. Um, so I could, on any given patient, I could give you a 30-minute spiel, but I'm going to need to communicate this like an elevator speech. So you probably hated this when you were, you know, preparing for your first job and they're talking to giving, talking to you about, you know, like when you go up to a recruiter, like get your elevator speech together. Yep. Um, I know I hated it, but at the same time, it's, hard. <laughs> it's so hard, but I think it's really great advice for thinking about, you basically have an elevator speech to engage the other person. So take that breath, think about what do I really want to get out of this? 
Um, remember your SBAR tool. So situation, background, assessment, and recommendation. Get to the point. And I think if you're nervous about this, because everyone is nervous about this the first few times they do that, practice. Practice with your preceptor. Um, even practice with yourself. I sometimes still do this. If it's in the middle of a frantic day and I'm running around and then I need to make a telephone call, I pause and I say, okay, here's what I'm planning on saying. Okay, now pick up the phone. Um, is there any information that I need to gather before I pick up the phone? Um, because there have been times I've had phone conversations when I wasn't prepared, when the physician's like, well, what is the patient's kidney function? Oh, I didn't look that up. Um, and so it really, it, it, take me, it takes me a few minutes or, you know, a couple seconds to take a look at that, but being prepared before the phone call means that the whole situation ends up going better, more comfortable for me. And I tend to get the patient needs. Um, more quickly and easily. Yeah, all again, really great advice for how to effectively communicate with the uh, the healthcare provider or the physician or the nurse practitioner and other folks on the team as well, which obviously translates into delegation practices too. And the one thing I'm thinking about as we're talking about practicing and uh, taking these opportunities to develop your communication style kind of triggered uh, talking about professional development because when you do enter the new nursing mm -hmm. world, there can be, and this could be really in any career, there's a sense that you have a diploma, you've passed a licensing exam, you've proven yes. that you know everything you need to know in order <laughs> to do the job. But as we've seen, there's obviously opportunities, we've talked about this, to advance your education, but then even just beyond getting a new degree, a master's degree or certification, if you plan to just stick to the uh, the RN role for the rest of your career, there still are opportunities for professional development. So what would you recommend to new grads in terms of their uh, the way they should be thinking about professional development and should they start that right away? Should they wait a little bit? How does What's your thought on professional development for new grads? Yes, and I think new graduates are probably going to hate me a little bit, but... Because I, I think sometimes, and I remember this myself as a new grad, you feel like you just finished, you know, years of really intense studying. And a lot of times, um, I think, you know, in taking that first job, what nursing students tend to struggle with is they struggle with um, what they think, I think sometimes, like, is what's going to be the end point of nursing school. And I always say to them, this is not the end point. This is the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, we have only gotten you sort of set up. And I know that you learned so much and worked so hard during nursing school, but there is still so much more to know. Um, when you think about, you know, us preparing you as a, as a generalist nurse, you are then going to go, many new grads take jobs in specialties. And you, like I said, with OB, you may have had six weeks in OB, and now this is something that you're going to be doing every day. And so it's going to be a lot more for you to know. And healthcare is rapidly evolving. So you do have just, I mean, when I think about things like what's prescribed, um, how long people stay in the hospital, the new technologies we use, um, what nursing looked like 10 years ago when I started is much different than what it looks like today. And so I think it's really important for nursing students from the very get-go to think about professional development. One of the things, of course, to think about, and this is just a really practical down-to-earth level, is that you're going to need to renew your license every two years. And in the majority of states um, in the United States, there are requirements for how many continuing education or CE credits that nurses need to do. And it is a massive mistake, and I have 
I will own up to have engaged in this a little bit myself. It's a massive mistake to sort of forget about your CE until like, I don't know, like the month before your renewal, your license is up for renewal. Yeah. Nobody wants to do 30 to 40 hours of continuing education in the month before their license is up for renewal. So, you know, if you break it down, so like in Pennsylvania, we have to do, I believe, 40 continuing education credits um, every two years. If you break that down, okay, it's basically like a little bit less. It's like half an hour a week. So, you know, like an hour every two weeks or two hours a month. That's very doable. So think about what do I need to do to get my license? How do I plan this out? So you'll notice there's a little bit of a theme here. Um, take care of yourself, plan for things, give yourself that breath. Um, same thing with your continuing education. So plan for it, take advantage of whatever free CE. Most hospitals, healthcare systems offer a decent amount of free CE. Take advantage of that. Um, of course, most, uh, even though, you know, we're really thinking about first year here, it's a good idea too for nursing students to recognize that generally after two years, you would be eligible in most fields to sit for certification in your specialty. That's a good idea to start thinking about because by the end of your first year, you should probably be thinking about getting a study guide and starting to study for the exam um, in a year. Um, and thinking too about how do I take advantage of all of the opportunities for me to really learn, grow, develop in this field. And then of course, as you're learning, growing and developing, just you know, keep your LinkedIn profile updated, maybe like every three months, every six months. Think about joining a nursing organization in your specialty. Again, it's a great way for you to like learn and get mentorship. So maybe if you don't feel like you're getting a lot of mentorship on your floor, in those nursing specialty organizations, there are gonna be people who are willing to mentor you, who are willing to be supportive, um, engage in conversation. This is going to be, you're going to be learning for the rest of your career. So really be intentional about learning. All very important. And uh, I agree that really nursing school and taking the NCLEX is sort of just the, the spring training for, yes. for your career. It's, That's you, a great analogy. You develop all the skills when you actually are um, practicing. And so that's... Uh, Th thanks. I, I thought about that analogy from just a few seconds. <laughs> it's excellent. I love that. I'm going to use it. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, but it's really, it's true. And it's true for just about any career. Uh, Meredith, you've had so much great advice. Is there, are there any other last final tips that you have in general or specific to any topic for new grads as they look to embark on their nursing career? I think the, the last two pieces of advice I would share with new grads is that um, the first thing, and I say this to my students as well as my new grads, say yes to opportunities. Um, don't be afraid, especially your first year. You have a lot of support for the most part your first year. Um, say yes. So my first year, um, the hospital I was at, a lot of nurses were, were pulled or, or reassigned to other units for different shifts. And a lot of my coworkers really complained about the practice. But I would always volunteer. I'd be like, I will go because it was a great way for me to visit other units, um, take a look to see what do they do that's different from us, um, what's similar to us, how can I learn from this experience. Ultimately, that um, learning opportunities helped me get my next job, uh, made me feel more comfortable in my next job. Um, and I think it also has made me more comfortable for the rest of my career by starting on my first year by saying yes to, to volunteering, to saying I'll do it. It helped me feel that 
um, it was okay. It was okay to still take risks. Um, it would be okay to learn new things. Um, and I think as a new grad, you have a lot of fear, but, um, but say yes. Um, and I think, you know, the other thing to remember is that as a new graduate, you don't need to know everything. Um, <laughs> I have been in nursing for over 10 years and I still learn every day, which is a lot of what keeps about, you know, that's really what keeps me in the profession, I would say. Um, so don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid of looking stupid. Um, don't be afraid of saying to your patient, hey, let's look that up together. I actually don't know that. Um, don't be afraid of following your physician colleagues around or your nurse practitioner colleagues and pestering them with questions. Um, don't be afraid to ask uh, because practice, practice, practice is what is going to help you improve. And then of course, really uh, building in some time to really reflect and say, what did I learn this shift? Um, one thing that I think really helped me is, is was journaling my first year of nursing and giving myself like 10, it was supposed to be 15 minutes. It realistically turned into five minutes um, post each shift. But to sit down for me to say, what did I learn the shift? What went really well for me? What did not go so well? And you know, here's a hint. Your first three to six months, you're probably gonna be writing a lot of what did not go well. Um, but it will get better and you will have more and more of what did go well uh, during the course of your shift. That's great. I, I love those those themes. Don't be afraid. <clears throat> Say yes. Reflect. It's all really wonderful advice. And just demonstrates again why I knew you'd be the perfect person to bring on to this podcast episode. So um, thank you so much again for coming on to the show, Meredith, and for lending all this expertise. Uh, I really appreciate it. And we'll, uh, again, have to have you back on for a another topic in the future. Oh, thanks so much, Matt. This was so much fun. Absolutely. Same here. Thanks and have a, have a great one. Thank you, you too. And for those of you who are uh, listening, who are not yet in your first year of nursing school, you still have that dreaded NCLEX to take. Uh, I would definitely encourage you to check out our website, kaplanursing.com. We have several resources for you to explore between our free resources, a free practice question every day, a free trial, some free events, and then of course, our resources to really get you started with the NCLEX between our courses, our content and practice pack, our QBank, our computer adaptive tests. There is so much to explore to help you to prepare. So I'd encourage you to check out our website and also to go ahead, if you haven't already, to subscribe to our podcast and uh, leave us a rating in the iTunes store. And lastly, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Kaplan and Clex Prep. As always, I want to thank you all so much for listening to our podcast, and we look forward to seeing you again in a future prep cast. <laughs>